Okay. Well, Dr. Spanger, we're, we're in our third installation of uh, Advent uh, podcasts. And of course, we started off talking about your book, um, which is a reader for the Advent season. Um, never too late to start, even though we're That's only right. a right. week from Christmas, you can still you catch can always up. Catch up. You can always okay. catch up. Um, no one says you can't read an Advent book uh, between the week of New Year's and Christmas when you're trying to avoid <laughs> people. Um, but um, this week we we come up to uh, if we were following the candles, the Advent candles, and we come up to the candle of joy. Mm. Um, and I think just like hope, uh, just like uh, peace um, in this life, those can be hard, elusive at times. Right. It feels like right. um, it, it, it feels like uh, maybe a fiction that we're singing joy to the world, mm. uh, or the Prince of Peace, um, or our Blessed Hope. Uh, hope probably isn't a little bit hard because you always have some sort of future tense to that, right? Right. right. Uh, but I think in our in our everyday life, we think of peace and joy as present tense. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and so I think maybe that's a little bit harder. Um, even faith, when we get to the next candle, um, that that still has a, a sort of futuristic sense to it. But I think mm -hmm. that the joy and the peace, it's like, well, I don't feel peace and I'm not very feeling very joyful. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh that can be a harder one to right. to settle um but what i what i like again again I, I think i'm beating a dead horse here but what i love about the fact this book is doing is it's it's forcing us to read the old testament for advent mm. um Honestly, which is, yeah. yeah i mean you know it's not that there's anything wrong with reading the gospels right? <laughs> um, <laughs> the red letters are good uh, yeah yeah uh not just the red letters you have to read everything <laughs> oh that's right yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um but uh that concept of joy and why I'm going to throw this at you and you can bounce it back at me if you, if you want to get off the hot seat. Um, <laughs> but why, why do we think we have such a difficulty with joy? Um, why is that yeah. such a challenge for us? What do we, is it, are we defining the word wrong or is our understanding of the word you know wrong? Well, what well, is it? Yeah, I think there's probably, especially when talking about Advent um, and the Christian life, there's probably a couple different reasons why one, one being that, um, you know, joy is an emotion, right? And, and that's where we want to see it fulfilled. Mm -hmm. We want to we want to know something is good, and then we want to enjoy it, right? We think of enjoying being yeah. a moment when you experience it, and this is this is a really good thing. Um, and that, that the problem there, of course, is that the experience of anything is never the thing, right? So you could have a you could have a child, um, you know, or my my friends who don't watch soccer, nor do they care, don't realize what they saw when the final game was played um, this weekend, they, they saw Mess, Lionel Messi, probably one of the greatest soccer players of all time, confirm that ranking. Now, if you didn't know anything about the game, you were there at a point of great celebration, but you didn't feel anything because you don't understand who Messi is or what soccer is or what's going mm. on. At all. So, so the, the event then gets defined by the emotion. And if you, if you, if you extrapolate to anything, how many times we come into a situation where something really good and wonderful is happening, the birth of a child, anything, and our emotions aren't there, right? And so we'd say, well, that wasn't very joyful. We mean is I didn't feel good about it. But, mm -hmm. but the joy is an objective. Like this was a good, great thing that, that a child was born. Or we, we just had a, a recently a student come to Christ um, in, a, in a public announcement. Now that school day went on like normal and no one thought anything else. But something cosmic happened here, right? So I think one of the problems is that we, we take joy and we confuse it with the emotion of it, specifically in the modern era, which you know, mm -hmm. you and I as intellectual historians, we've seen this, the trajectory of this, right? Since the late middle ages coming where 
reality is defined by the beholder of it. And so things which were once considered objective, joy being the good for humanity is now yeah. only defined as, I feel really good about this. And if I don't feel good about it, then I'm really not joyful is, is, a, is a misunderstanding, I think, of the term. So it's that it's that subjective nature of it and sort of the therapeutic turn to the therapeutic right, almost, right? right? Where I yeah, feel it's, it's joy is a feeling. That's right. Right. Joy is a feeling more than a state of mind. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And it's an awareness or a recognition. I recognize, I mean, yeah, we've all we've all done this. You and I could go to our dissertations probably about this and say, yeah, I hated my dissertation. The process was terrible, terrible, terrifying. But there was joy in the fact that I was completing it. It was a good thing and it changed my life and it allowed me to do the kind of things I want to do. All of that is very good. I don't, I didn't feel good about any of it really, but yeah, I was participating in something that was helping my life, my career, my family. And so I would say, oh, this is good. I hate it, but it is good. And I, I think willingness to say that is willing to really face joy for what it is. Joy is the recognition that this is good and this is a good thing, but I, I may not be in the place where I appreciate it at the moment. Hmm. I don't think there's a contradiction there. I think, in, like you say, I think you're right. Therapeutically, yeah, that's a <laughs> we got a real problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it it, it even gets me to um, the book of James, right? Consider mm. it all joy, right, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. <laughs> right, right, like you're right, you're you're exactly. kind of like um, uh, James. Uh, that that doesn't make sense, and so. Um, it has to be pointing to something bigger, right? It has to be pointing to something other than the moment itself, right? Uh, for it to make any sense, it, it has to go. Uh, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe we live in such a presentism, right? I don't feel it right now, right. therefore, right. it doesn't matter. Yeah, my, my daughter's got a funny thing. My youngest is very emotional, and so we, we like the movie Wally. If you've ever seen the movie Wally, and I love the movie Wally because it's so redeeming and the way that it ends and there's Christ-like characters in there. And I think there's some Christian themes you can tug at, but, but Caitlin gets the one part where it's sad, where, where Wally and Eva, you know, Wally's sort of dying there. He doesn't, but sorry to spoiler alert. If you haven't seen a movie that's 20 years old now, but... I don't plan to watch it anyway. So it's okay. <laughs> more's the pity. More's the pity. But the point is, is that like for Caitlin, she says it's sad. And my other daughter say, no, the sadness helps you appreciate how the plot line gets you to the end. And my youngest goes, I don't care. I don't want to be in the middle of a movie where it's sad. Hmm. And, and I'm, I'm, I appreciate what my youngest is going through, but I really, I, I, I think my oldest daughter's right. The sadness is actually really, really good because then you see the end. So I think that's similar hmm. where we are now. We're, we're in this long advent and waiting. And you yeah. say, I don't want to be sad, but imagine ourselves in the glory of Christ looking back and go, oh, to live again. Yeah. In the moment when all was lost to, to feel truly what it was like to see Christ the King. And, it, and if that plot line and storyline is our imagination, if that's our, our, our social and cosmic imaginary, that's what Christ is doing. Yeah. Can we find joy in our own demise? Because it's part of this fantastic story of redemption that we're going to witness. We're just not at the point where our emotions <laughs> catch up with us because we're not. Yeah, redeemed. yeah. It's, it's that idea of the terms you used when we were offline, sort of a settled Mm -hmm. a, a confidence right can mm -hmm. is that it you know consider it all joy because i know i have a confidence i'm settled in the god of the universe is bringing right. something about and right. and i and that's what i have to lean into when my feelings aren't there right. uh, maybe that that i think that's a picture we get of jesus in the garden right that's right Amen. right yeah. he doesn't feel it uh what he feels yeah. is an anxiety attack 
Right. Um, right. Overwhelming. Well, as he keeps saying, but, 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 you know, not my will, your will, right? You, so you see in the God man uh, that, that complexity um, yeah. that because of the, and, and I think it may be some of our theological friends would beat us on this. I'm not sure. Um, but I, as I'm thinking through this with you, I, I think that part of the, what makes this complicated is the fall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, had we not had the fall, we wouldn't have been conflicted in that way. Yeah. We would have just had joy in God. Right. Uh, and now because our heart is divided in the noetic effect and those types of things, it creates this tension in us. It creates this right. ambiguity in us and makes it harder. <laughs> yeah. Now that, you know, you raise a good, great point. And I was going to say, there's two things. One is this idea of joy being emotion. But I think the second thing is exactly as you said, it is the fact that there's the fall. Um, and, and to think of this, Mark, and we've talked about this before, but in the, in the garden, it wasn't that you snap your finger and everything happens. You know, that, that's some, it was, there was work, there was advent, there was waiting, there was waiting as you planted crops and you grew a garden and waited for children so that the earth could, you know, you could grow and fulfill and fill the earth. So, so there was a waiting, but you're right, that waiting would have been done with all confidence and all joy. And yeah. now it's colored by lack of certainty and doubt and sin and self-gratification, where in the waiting, we choose not the God that calls us through the desert, but the idol that can serve us in the moment. You know, and that, that, that idol that I think Israel is after um, in Exodus 32, gate would give them security in the moment. And God said, no, 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 I, you're, you're going to wait. We're going to wait to get to the promised land. And there, there is now in sin an inability to trust God and wait for him to do his good work. Um, and so we seek the idols in our lives to fill in the emotional gap and then feel joyous in the moment rather than joyful in the plan of God. And so you're right. I think in the garden, that delay was there. Yeah, we were not. Yeah, we were not given to walk away or distrust God. But it's exactly what Satan hit Eve with. Are you sure God is really going to do what he said? He's yeah, do? yeah. I put these seeds in the ground, but is God really going to water? Really? Them? Is, yeah. is, is I mean, that is really going to happen? Yeah, yeah. It's, what if it's, the food uh, doesn't taste good? The apple's great right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. Oh, it's, 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 it's a, it's almost like a, a perpetual obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, <laughs> seriously, right? There's this, <laughs> odd, is, this yeah. doubt, right? It's human. Is, yeah. is doubt really the, the, the virus that attacks joy? Yeah. Right. Um, because it, yeah, and, and lack of trust. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's lack of trust, which is from doubting and we're not right. settled yeah, for yeah. confidence. And, and, and even, even looking at uh, scholars who, who study this, this type of thing, right. You know, obviously there are people who have probably written entire dissertations just on the word joy <laughs> in, in one verse. Right. Um, right. But uh, one of the things that comes across is that in light of the fall, true joy can only come as a gift from god that's right um because it's only in salvation it's only in trusting in god's provision and god's operation god's sovereignty that i can actually have that settled confidence that joy yeah, yeah. um because because the the in the fallen world everything is fleeting everything, everything is nothing right. solid that's right right everything is 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 transient um, how do I have settled in this? How do I have a settled confidence in that? Um, right. yeah. And maybe that's, that's maybe that's part of the two, the, the, that's part of the book too, uh, Dan, when we, when you read the old Testament, what we're watching is people who are wrestling with the unfolding of God's story Yeah, and 
you know, they we think, well, when 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 uh, when God says, you know, the 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 seed of the woman shall crush the the head of the serpent, that Eve was like, oh, okay, I get this. Like, you know, right, she knew right. what was exactly going to happen, right? Um, because we do, um, right? But they don't. They don't. No, that's right. Yeah, I raised the point in the book. Um, that um, the, the probably the greatest disappointment for, for Adam and Eve were was the death of Abel. Because if you were to say that the seed of the woman and the yeah. seed of the serpent, it feels like you've got both of them right in front of you. You've got Cain, yeah. you know, who is obviously no longer in favor with God. But then you got you got uh, Abel, who is actually in a relationship with God, right? So he's, his, his sacrifices are being honored by God. There's a relationship building. And what's shocking, of course, is that in this case, the serpent actually crushes the head of the seed of the woman. And so, so the, the, you know, however long it took for them to come to, to grow up and start to see the character evolve, to understand from Eve and Adam's perspective, oh, I think we're, whew, boy, this has been a long delay, but we almost made it here. We're, we're back in the garden. To watch the champion, the seed of the woman crush means you had to wait again. And then, of course, Seth comes and, you know, Cain's, Cain's offspring goes down the, down the, down the rabbit hole. Um, but then, then Seth comes, right? Another son appointed by God. So there is this sense, yeah, in that, in that in this world, trusting God for the long story, even though Adam and Eve would die long before they would see it fulfilled. One, one of the things I, I think I'm, I'm coming to conclusion myself is Ecclesiastes is probably the most joyful book I've ever read, only because Ecclesiastes is really, really honest, and I can't find the world that honest. Um, mm. You're going to tell me medicine's going to save me. You're going to tell me that the right economy is going to save me. You're going to tell me democracy is going to save me. Mm-hmm. And not one of the, that's all a lie. It's all going to yeah. kill me. I've got no chance of surviving. No one's getting off this ship alive. Right. So why? And Ecclesiastes looks and goes, yeah, don't buy that garbage. There's n- no one makes it out of here. This is all a vapor. And if it is, then you're going to have to look somewhere else. And I, I think that's exactly what the people of God struggle with. We all do. I do. I mean, I think that's, yeah. that's why, that's why joy comes so hard to us is especially by the way, in a culture, I think we can satisfy so many of our needs. It gives us the impression that we can actually solve the human condition somehow economically. Let me, let me, let me go a little further too, because I think in order to enjoy I was about to say something. In order to enjoy the book of Ecclesiastes, I think you need to be at least 50. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm trying to say like, there's, there's a, am, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's, because when I read James, it says, consider pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because you know, the testing of your faith develops perseverance, right. allow perseverance to finish his work so that you may be mature <laughs> and complete mm-hmm. lacking. And I think there's a maturity that, that happens with life and with experiencing this with God, where you can say, yeah, uh, when I'm 20, I don't think I read Ecclesiastes in the same way because I, I had a sort of cockeyed optimism Yeah, that I thought, oh, this guy sounds so gloomy. Like, should someone give him a Prozac? Um, (laughs) But, but when you, when you live long enough and you get to midlife and you've seen enough, uh, I think you're right. There's a sense of that. And and maybe that's a tension we run into too, Dan, I think is that the, the word of God is, is, is God breathed. It is mm. wisdom from eternity, that's right. which is not bound by time. Right. Um, and so God yeah. can look at the, the crucifixion and um, the new heavens and new earth at the same moment. Right. Where we right. can't. Right. Um, and, and, and that's why I think we need these sort of ritual moments throughout the year to yeah. settle into. 
Um, but yeah, I think you're right. And I, you know, that I, you, you said it really well, you hit 50, which I did this past year. Um, and I, I don't know if it was that or COVID, but just the realization, I, I don't know that I didn't think things weren't winding down or death wasn't prevalent, but something about, yeah, hitting a certain age where that becomes the dominant part of the narrative, right? Like when you're younger, the dominant part is, oh, we'll, we'll always survive. If I'm sick, I'll push through. If something's broken, it'll heal. You know, it just, there's always the sense what anything happens to you, it's always going to push through and up. And then you hit a certain point and you go, actually, everything that happens to you is actually going to wind you down. <laughs> everything is headed. Yeah, right? yeah, the, yeah. The slope shifts. And now everything tumbles further down. So every time someone's sick, it's near terminal. Every time, you know, this has become part of your reality. And I, I think you're right to say that's maturity and that's wisdom, because that's how scripture talks about it. That real wisdom literature is, is really, Job is considered wisdom literature um, because boy, you, you have to actually face pain and suffering and your death as a concrete reality. As a matter of fact, it's the only reality in one sense, because everything's headed there. That's the one guarantee, right? You're born, you're die. The two things are guaranteed. Um, and if you're and in and light taxes, that, three taxes. Well, not everyone would agree with you. Some people are trying oh. to go to Montana to prove the opposite. But ah, maybe you're right. got it. Okay. okay. Maybe maybe right. Maybe that can't be done. I, yeah. We got a we got a mutual friend making that attempt. So we'll see we'll see if he can um, if he can prove the point. But okay. But anyway, yeah, that's a, you're right. But I mean, you know, once you realize those things are inevitable, I think you're right. Now you have to grow in a little maturity and go. Okay, so I can work for these things, and this goes for a previous conversation. I can't hope in them, yeah. and if I can't hope in them then I'm going to have to hope in something else. And maybe Mark, to your earlier point, maybe the point to see all these candles to see, and I know this is true, but I mean, just to think through it, all the candles, right. Support each other, right. You, you only have joy because you have hope. You only have peace because you have faith. You know what I'm saying? That they all interrelate and, 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 and intertwine so that the right. one gives the possibility to the others and vice versa. And then, and then that really, that really, you know, forces you to look at this Christmas season and the Advent, I think in a, in a very broad way, historically, what's God doing there personally, what's God doing for me? What's, you know, what's the theology and the philosophy of it? It's just very well-rounded. Uh, we get to look yeah. at all these aspects to develop these different, these different beliefs and trusts. And I, one of the, one of the scholars I read is sort of thinking through this. It was like, you, you, you're, you're going to experience a cognitive dissonance, mm. uh, a psychological tension point with joy when mm. your focus is pleasure, self-interest or security. Mm. Mm. Um, because what is your pleasure in? What is our security in? What mm. is our self-interest in? And if that is antithetical to God's plan, then there's right. a tension there. There's a tension right. there. And I think maybe you're, you're saying something that you realize at a certain point, uh, I'm not secure, right? right? I, I'm 50. I'm not secure as I thought I was when I was 20. Right. Uh, what gives me pleasure now is different than what gave me pleasure when I was 20. Uh, my self-interests might be different. Uh, but I think it's, it's really a, a state of mind, a state of mm. heart. It's, mm. it's maybe, I think what, what, if I can use Edwards in this is where are our affections, right? And if our affections are um, misfocused, then we're not going to experience joy, right? Because we're 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 focusing on something other than God's redemptive story. I mean, even in the New Testament, when it uses words for joy, it generally is connected to salvation, right? Right. Uh, which is a bigger exactly. story than just the here and now. Right. Um, well, let me ask you this question, too. Why do you think, uh, Dan, that 
um, this time of year, it's hard for people to wrap their head around this idea of joy or what we're going to call biblical joy right, uh, right. this time of year. Do you, have you thought through any of that? Yeah, I got. I mean, a couple things come to mind. Um, you know, one is exactly what we're saying. I think as you get older, there's this what the, what the Christmas season is promising, you know, is really just going to end in January one and then tax season's coming around in winter. So, you know, the, the, the transiency of it all really becomes more apparent. It's, it's, you know, the older you get, the faster time goes, it seems. Um, when you were young and you hit Christmas break, it was like you couldn't see the other side. Two weeks was like an eternity. You know, now two weeks is like I'm already trying to plan on what's going to happen three weeks after that because my yeah, lines are right. There, right. The other part, too, and I think this is probably one of the downsides of living in a luxurious and affluent country is we all, for most part, many of us have had very joyous um, childhoods, right, around Christmas. And unwrap which which taught us to really feel that which was good but then i think there's this relief that happens against that experience of you didn't even realize that your uncle was dying of cancer at the time because you didn't 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 occur to you all you saw was the unwrapped presents and the christmas lights yeah yep. you still remember the feeling of that but now you actually are trying to care for your your dying uncle so hmm. uh, or your own disease right so i think there's this and and i think too family you know that was once together you didn't know mom and dad were fighting when you were kids and now they're divorced and hmm. then, you know so I think there's a lot of tension between this affluent youth that we sometimes have, even not rich, but fun and exciting. And then the reality. But to me, like, I, I think that actually makes joy all the more because one of those was somewhat fake and exaggerated. And the other one mm -hmm. is actually quite real. Mm -hmm. And I say, boy, if, if, if I felt that about little presents, how, how am I to feel about a story as great as Christ coming? Um, mm. Can I, can I transition that little childish joy into that beautiful, wonderful you know, the joy that will never fail joy. Yeah. Um, I think that's a challenge. And if I can add to that too, so you're, you're saying there's sort of our memories and, and Christmas is a very nostalgic time of year, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's the one time nostalgic. of year that, you know, people want to see commercials from the sixties and, you know, they, <laughs> Norman they don't Rockwell's want things to change. Again. Yeah. Right. Exactly. King Crosby is, is on everyone's. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or uh, sort of a Dickens sort of character right. at Christmas. But, you know, when you think of sort of self-interest and pleasure, if you really think about the way the holiday is marketed, it is yeah. marketed toward those things, right? Yeah. That, you know, yeah. you deserve this gift or, yeah. you know, buy yourself, you know, someone should give you this gift and make a you car, happy and buy and, a and car. The yes. People are getting cars for Christmas. Where is this Yes. Uh, there's a commercial a where the husband and wife both give each other cars. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what kind of money they make. And if you watch Home Alone, how much money this. did that family make? Um, yeah. So you're, so I think you're right. I think the, the, the secular part of the holiday is almost wired to take our mind off of reality. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a distraction. My, my wife often says this, she says, you know, it's interesting to me that uh, Christmas keeps getting started earlier and earlier. You know, right. Pretty soon it'll be after the Fourth of July. The Christmas trees will be out, and you know, and you'll and and so she goes. And I, I really think people want something to be happy about. They want some hope. Mm. They want some uh, something to look forward to, and and that's part of the mm. process. Or yeah. people think, you know, when can I start listening to? Uh, Christmas music, you know, well, when is that appropriate? You know, you know, travesty, it's travesty. Yeah. It's like, and I'm like good Friday or good Friday, black Friday. You can start That's listening it. to Christmas music. Right? right. You know, and there's people in September want to listen to, no. um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and so, but I think that's what it is. Right. I think what you said, it's, there's something to it. It makes me wonder too, even as the, uh, the pagan ideas of, of, mm. of the winter solstice were celebrated, right. What mm. were they trying to do? Uh, in that. 
but we, we it it so in a sense we we come together ecclesiastically to have this deep hope and joy mm -hmm. that's a gift from god right. but the entire time we're being bombarded with a very different definition right of joy right right the joy is the unwrapped gifts yeah and or the anticipation as walking down the stairs or something like yeah, that yeah. um you know and that's true and I, so there's been in, in my little christian community there's been a couple little little petty debates you know nothing major but um little petty debates about that and you know the the the, the grinches if you will uh well then let's not let's not distract with any of that stuff you know i don't Santa Claus, that's fine. I don't get Santa Claus debate, but presence, and we got to minimize that stuff. And I'm like, I get that. I, I actually, I see the virtue in that. But I would add, too, that there, there really is, I think, a good reason for young people to have that sort of joyous experiences and then to transition that joy, that experience of it into Christ. I, I don't think there's a reason. I, you know, I was talking to a friend. He said, well, all this magic, it's just, you know, that's not godly. I'm like, well, but as soon as science comes up, you say, well, that's just providence. But when it becomes mystical, then, well, that's not, that's not Christian. What if in God's providence, he provides us little pictures of mystery and excitement, and then we're supposed to gather these pictures up and then apply them rightly, right? So I tell my kids, this is exciting. I want you to be so excited about this gift and not know what it is and open it. Now, that joy you're feeling right there, and this is my job as a parent, that joy is really just a small foretaste of the joy of knowing your Savior. Mm. But, but, if you don't, but if you don't have those moments of it, like how do you feel later? What's this supposed to feel like? Looking back, oh, that was great, but that was such a petty thing. Imagine the joy that's going to be when it's in Christ later. And I, so on these little debates we have about Christmas, I've always shied on the side of, you know, probably as you're talking convention, the more simple yeah. way, the more traditional way of looking at Santa Claus and presents, because they can be distracting, but I think you can also leverage them. And I think you should, because I think everything here is a shadow and a picture of God. So don't run away from it, leverage it really clearly as, you know, as best you can, so that it, it becomes what it is, a shadow, a foretaste of a precursor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Again, it comes back to um, what is our, what's the center of our of our life mm. um if, it, if it's that's not right. god and it's not what god is doing anything right. will will set us off um but i i think i think too this is really hard for people who might be going through loss or oh my, yeah. this time of year um and i i said this to somebody one time i think it was during covid I said, you know, we, there's this weird idea. Um, you, you'll hear people say this this time of year. Oh, so-and-so passed away. Isn't it sad they died right before Christmas? Uh, or, you know, so-and-so just got a diagnosis of XYZ. Isn't it sad that this happened right before Christmas? Um, and we have this idea that somehow from January 1st to, or I'm sorry, from December 1st to January 1st, that, you know, the morgue should be closed. The hospital yeah. should be closed. Um, you know, the, the homeless shelter should be closed uh, because we're all just being joyous. And yeah. it's, a, it's a wonderful time of year. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of year. <laughs> and 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 so it, it sets an expectation, right, that that we we shouldn't suffer. Um, mm. And then I keep going back to if I do read the gospel stories and find out, okay, great. The Messiah is here and Herod is slaughtering two-year-olds. Right. Um, and, and so there's this, they're both happening at the same time. Right. right. So how do you have joy in that moment? Even at the time that the Messiah is on earth. Right. It has to be in something bigger. 
It has That's to right. be in something beyond. Not even the Messiah being there alone is going to get rid of all the suffering. That's right. That's right. No, it's a great point. And when Jesus says, you know, you know, where your heart is, your where your treasure is, your heart is also. And in that same cluster of verses, you know, saying that he who seeks his life will lose it, and he loses his life for my sake in the gospel. So even the disciples that were with him had a really tough time. Those were hard sayings. And when he said that, people would leave him like, no, that's too hard. If you yeah, want to, yeah. if you want to save Israel now and defeat the Romans, I'm, I'm on board. Right. If you're, if you're telling me that I've got to live under Roman oppression for the next several generations, like that's, those are, hard. and I think we have to admit, and say it's, <laughs> yeah. okay, it's okay that those are hard sayings. That's really hard. Yeah. But, but you see the work of the spirit in his people able to do that. Um, and you and I have known, cause we've talked to Mark Farnham and I've got a couple others mm. in my church who are going through. And school who are going through really hard health diagnoses and other problems. And what they'll say is they've learned spaces of joy they didn't know before, um, hmm. yearning to know God better. And it's it's the work of God and his great grace to us that in our weakest, he is the strongest. I think that's what he's, Paul's really grappling with. You know, it's in your weakness. When you're yeah. weak and you realize there's no hope in what you have, you start to see the hope that God is. And I think that's just God's good, good gift to us. And I, and I guess the question, Mark, for you and I and those we know is how do we foster that? Yeah. kind of joy now sometimes when things are good or somewhat bad or somewhat good um, because we all need to prepare for that time when in our experience it's not going to be good mm-hmm. we're going to have to we're going to have to really rely on the trust of god at that point yeah yeah I, I, in that question i think it's it's um i think we we have to be able to um realize that we may come to a time uh where we do feel like we're 100% broken right at the end right. of our rope and the only thing i can trust in is god that's it right. That, right. that that's it that that's what wakes me up that's what good that's what i go to sleep with right um and and to live in that space and right now uh when things are going well it's it's very good to it's very easy to be distracted right uh so some of this stuff is very good distractions um but to realize yeah that that real joy one is a gift and it's it's something that takes some work it sounds like the way way james is talking about it it's yeah, part of sanctification right. and maturity um but it's a i like that term it's a settled confidence hmm. um that i can have a not a stoicness it's not it's not stoic like well i don't right. have to feel it no you're still going to feel it um right. but jesus felt it but in the end, I realized there's something bigger going on here. I am part of this larger story, this larger narrative. Mm. Um, not that Jesus came and solved everything in his own lifetime. Right. 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 Like you said, he didn't kick the Romans out. And right. You know, in some cases, uh, we're still dealing with the fallout from right. foreign policy uh, in the Middle East. Right. right. Um, and so... Yeah, it's 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 a it's a challenging one. So I think I think this is a helpful way of framing joy. Again, it's mm. what is a biblical joy? Mm. Uh, what mm. is biblical hope? What is biblical peace? Um, and I think we keep coming back to the same thing, right? Mm. It's and we're kind of teasing the last one, last uh, is, is what is your faith in? That's right. You can you see know? where this is going. Yeah. 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 Where is your faith? And if your yeah. if your trust and your faith is in God then and i realize for some people that's just an a um it will never solve them for the questions for them that's, yeah, that's yeah. because it is a gift from god it is a, only yeah. only because god has allowed you to have that that's view right. could you can you yeah. get there um yeah. so 
Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I'll just tie into something. And there's a good word maybe to all of us. And you've you've mentioned it multiple times. It sounds like it's on your heart and mind. And that is this idea of distraction. And I think that's a good that's a good word is to is to find space to to focus on the word of God, to allow it to speak to you. Not not that you shouldn't enjoy the season. Obviously, we're all going to do that. And that's a good gift from God. But to really fight against the power of distraction, to, to see these things as good things, but only in the light of the bigger thing. Mm. And that is the truth of God. So I, I think that's a that's a really good word. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, you know, as you say, this idea of biblical joy, you know, really, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking we have choices in a sense to allow our entire world to be framed by the social imaginary, if we're going to use that term of our culture here. Or as Augustine says of the city of God, and quite frankly, Mark, this is where we started this whole thing and what sort of drives us yeah. is knowing that I, I want to live in this world effectively and yeah. enjoy what God has given and, and be, be on mission with God as he calls me to be. But I really want my affections, my loyalties, my values aligned by that city. By yeah. that, and, and that's the negotiation process. And I think what you're all hearing Mark and I do, at least in this discussion, is ask, how do we faithfully negotiate? this this space of, of the Christmas season and disease and and joy and celebration and all of that, but always navigating by the North Star, which is in the city of God. So I as, as I'm here, I think I think that just gives um I don't know, gives focus to me for for how I need to go through the season as well. Is it as my heart really aligned by my my place in the city of God and his and love for him first and then doing everything else here. So I thought that was a good encouragement. And then I, the last thing I want to tag into is the I think you gave a good um uh, to admonish, to kind of g- encourage us that, you know, it's not because uh, of all this that we should say, well, then, you know, I, I don't want the gifts. I, I don't want the parties. <laughs> I don't want to be with my family. I just want to no enjoy those moments for what they are. They're gifts from God. Right. Um, right. But they're, they're pictures. They're, they're foretastes mm-hmm. of, of something richer and more beautiful um, and where your heart truly longs. Um, right. And, and so I think that's, that's the other part too, right? You can go the other way. You can sort of uh, just say, oh, well, I'm not going to do any of this. Uh, you know, that the whole thing is pagan. I'm going <laughs> to just avoid it altogether. And, uh, but say, no, get what, when I have time with my family, when I have time with friends and, and those things, those are valuable moments. Yeah. And those are pictures of, um, of the new heavens and new earth, of the values yeah. of the city of God. Uh, and enjoy them for what they are, but realize that as long as my mailing address is in the city of man, they will be fleeting. (laughs) They will be temporary. And there will be a time where I will mourn when some of those people aren't at the table. Right. Uh, But when the morning comes, that's when I have to one, look back to those moments of joy that I had it with them, but also look to, this is what God is doing. Right. God is doing something bigger. That's beautiful, Mark. I, I, if I could, anybody just want to play this recording, just come to these last couple seconds on that discussion, because I think that summarized it. And, it, you know, these are, there's a psalm, and I can't remember which one, but I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but it's almost, it's, it says something like it's a sin not to enjoy the gift. Like if God gives yeah. you a gift to throw it in the trash is a terrible thing. Um, and these are all gifts, but you're right. It's the gift giver that you see in the gift. And so the gift yeah. of family is a way to celebrate God and to enjoy it. But the joy is to see it as part of that greater story. So I, yeah, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a real, um, I think there's a, a psychological and a spiritual healthiness to enjoy the moment yeah. that God gave you. 
uh, and and not be not say oh well what if it passes well it will pass <laughs> it will <laughs> that's right? a guarantee <laughs> it will yeah. pass and 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 the same thing that that might be the same uh, you know it's interesting especially now we live in this uh, tech savvy world where the gift you received last year is you know obsolete <laughs> next year so you know next year this same gift might drive you crazy because <laughs> it, it needs to be updated uh, but it gives you pleasure now um, yeah so I think that's that's where is your where is your true pleasure where's your true self-interest where's your true security and as long as we keep those things in focus um we can look at these temporary things and say these are little little gifts from god along the way right um right. that we were able to enjoy and just lean into it just yeah. embrace it for the moment but don't make it the end all be all of why we're here it's not that's the right. sum and bonum that's right that's exactly yeah. right so, no well said Thank you, Dr. Spanger. Oh, thank you, Dr. Draper. Great conversation.